When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. My guest for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast is Chris Bagatellis. Chris is a founder and the current CEO of Bagatellis Architectural Glass Systems, BAGS, one of California's premier glazing subcontractors established in February of 1999 in Sacramento, California. Chris is a 33-year glazing industry veteran. He's a highly regarded leader among union glazing contractors and manufacturers serving as president of the Northern California Glass Management Association and co-chair of the North American Glass Management Association. Chris also serves as fellow union glazing contractors as co-chair of the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 16 Pension Trust, and as a longstanding management trustee of the Painters and Allied Trades Management Labor Trust. This may seem a little convoluted, but I have been known by name and hopefully have a generally good reputation to Chris for over 10 years as a provider of training programs and speaking at events involving management and labor. Most recently, I hosted a special edition of this Soft to Steel podcast, where I formally met Chris in person for the first time, preceded only by a phone conversation in preparation for the podcast recorded in front of the full audience of an important event known as the Finishing Industries Forum. Chris's contributions to the conversation were insightful, so I very much wanted to talk with him further. And here we are. Chris, welcome again to the Soft to Steel podcast. Dennis, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. Good. We'll start talking. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, you know, my kind of history in the glass world, I've been around this business for you know, my whole life. My father actually was a glazer, and I uh, was around sweeping the shop as a kid. I worked as a glazer in high school and college, and you know, after college, I got into business with my dad and my brother, and we started a business, and I've been doing this for the last 35 years. So this is my life and I consider myself a glass guy. Yeah. So as a glass guy, let's jump to the thing that I think is on everybody's mind, particularly leaders like yourself, pretty much all the time. And that is as a question, what about our people? What about our people? Well, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, you know, people are the most important thing, but people are the most important thing. And to me, you know, we try to set a culture of having people, you know, who are good people. And we think character matters. And we think engaging with people who want to be part of that culture, who think similarly to us, you know, and want to do the right thing and want to do good and want to build great things is what we're all about. So to me, you know, people, it's all about people. Everything in business is people and our operation doesn't operate from all the way through the operation. We bring young men in to our operation who start you know, in a factory setting where we manufacture curtain wall units. And you know, we have them go, some do their whole career all the way through the factory, and some actually decide they want to become an apprentice and become glazers and go onto the field and install this thing. But there's so many different 
people in operation and different skill sets and you know different education backgrounds and to get them all to come together and create with a similar culture and a similar mindset is what's exciting to me honestly yeah if you were to think about it for a minute or two and identify what you might describe as the core values of your company and of you then because it should be singular in a sense you're the leader as a ceo but what are the values that cut across your manufacturing operation, your installation operations, your service operations, really across the company. What are the values that bring your team, all the people that work for your company together? You know, we treat people with respect. And, you know, our safety guy has a saying in here that basically make the guy next to you better. And that I think permeates throughout the operation. Everybody is trying to treat each other respectfully and make the other guy better. And you do that with hard work and and dedication and pride in your in your craft and that's i think that's the culture that we have here and that is a focus on, on any individual whether that's in the accounting department or in the engineering department or in you know the factory or in the installation everybody tries to make the guy next to them better so that we all have a better work experience that's that's yeah. that's what we're about yeah. So if I were to ask a random sample of, of folks that work for your company, what do you think is the, the most important value that this company operates with every day? You think I'd get a fair number of answers that say we respect each other? I think you would get the vast majority. 99% would say that. I, I'd yeah. be surprised if everybody didn't say that. That's that's who we are. That's what we're about. Yeah. So that means automatically that means that there is another value uh, that relates very close to this. And that is obviously what you say and what you do uh, all all demonstrate the importance of that value. So integrity is something which is something which is fundamental to your company as well. Absolutely. It's it's essential. I think it's essential to life. You know, that's that's how that's how I live my life. And I I try to lead by example and do the right thing and treat people with respect. And that's 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 what we're about. Yeah. Let's broaden a little bit to, you know, to the industry. Let's just, we can take, we can just take the finishing trays or take the glazing trade uh, itself. What would you say is, uh, is the biggest opportunity or challenge, depending on which, which uh, way we want to look at it uh, for, uh, for the, for the glazing trade right now, as we look at our, where we are currently and we look at the future in the next you know, five or so years, maybe up to even 10 years. What, what, are, what are the biggest challenges and opportunities that, that are on your mind as the leader of this organization that you're going to be confronting or have already begun to confront and have to find a way to lead through and get to the other side? Well, you know, we're out in California. So to us, it's, it's assimilating different cultures. And I, and I would say in our operation, we probably have you know, as a native language, 10 or 10 to 15 different languages spoken, you know, in, in our operation, we're, you know, people came from many different countries and many different places. So assimilating them into, you know, a cohesive group and with a similar mindset is, is important and, and getting there is, is a process and, you know, choosing people and finding people who want to do that and want to be part of a team environment is uh, is really a, is really a challenge. I find just again because of language barriers that we face. You know, that's it's difficult when you speak different languages and as a second language, little idioms and things can mean something different to someone else and actions. So, getting people to understand that you know we're working together as a team and that if they want to be part of that, 
you know, there's great opportunity for growth in, in this industry. I think skilled labor is one of the most honest, frankly, you know, uh, undervalued uh, things out there in society as general. I don't think really people have fully appreciated what it takes to become a, you know, a journeyman glazer, for example, you know, and that the process with, you know, an apprenticeship and, and the path to get there is a long road. So that's, you know, that's one component of our operation, but it, it's, you know, working as a cohesive group and getting everybody to come together. So that's, yeah. that's part of the challenge. I would think your positive view about uh, what it represents as a challenge, uh, that there, there is, there is a tone in your organization uh, that suggests that, uh, that among other things, starting with that mutual respect, that that, that extends in a, very, in a very operational way means that we don't all speak the same language. We, we don't all speak a language well. We will have difficulties communicating and understanding each other. Uh, and so we also then value as, a, as something important to our company, this notion of if you respect others, uh, then you demonstrate patience. Uh, you demonstrate a willingness to take a little more time to make sure that there's mutual understanding uh, rather than simply moving off quickly and realizing that, I, well, I don't think he, I, I don't think what he said is what he meant and doing all those kinds of things that end up causing some level of, uh, of, of uh, anxiety, uh, maybe at, 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 at points in time when deadlines are at hand, when a critical shipment of a, of, of a drywall assembly is about ready to leave your factory uh, and there, there's tension, that things can get a little dicey. Um, what's your experience with your company? And are, are these the kinds of things that are in, in, actively in the minds, not of you, because I know they are, just, just in, in, a, in, a, in an absolute clear sense. You have a vision for what your company needs to do to be successful uh, internally with each other, as well as serving your customers. Uh, do your, do your, does your, do your supporting leaders, uh, your direct reports, your managers, your supervisors, uh, are they, are they consistently uh, on the page that you know they need to be on? And if they're not, how do you get them back to the page? Yeah, I think I think that's critical. That's where I was going. It, it comes to your leaders, right? They kind of set the culture. So, so I find, you know, I try. I personally try to engage with, you know, everybody in the operation. I know, I know most everybody's name all over in our in our operation. I I try to and I attempt to, you know, engage with everybody, but certainly with the leaders to make sure that we have conversations about how we're treating people and how we're growing people and how we're interacting and how we're, you know, collaborating in stressful, stressful environment, because construction is a very stressful environment. There's, you know, deadlines and liquidated damages and things get, things can get tough and ugly. And it's, it's, if we're doing our job as managers and planning our process properly, then we allow for everybody to be successful and to have a, you know, a less stressful environment. And I think that is, that is essential for those leaders to understand that culture and plan accordingly. So you, you know, again, backing, rising everybody up so that, so that everybody understands the goal and has a chance to, you know, participate and help the team succeed and, and, and meet those goals. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're, uh, and again, you're up, you're running a very successful company uh, by all accounts. Um, do you do you think on a day to day basis that the folks that you look at as being leaders in your organization that have job titles that may include foreman, uh, op operations manager, manager, 
uh, director, whatever the titles may be, that talk about their functional role in the company. Uh, do you think that they, in, in an active, moment-to-moment, day-by-day sense, understand uh, that they are also leadership in your organization, which means that each and every day they have work to be done, they have orders to be filled, they have shipments to be made, they have installations to be set up, all that, all the, that work of doing the business of your company. But at the same time, they have to keep in mind the nature of their relationship with the people that work for them uh, and that they have a responsibility to have in their minds. And not only do I have to direct them uh, and manage an operation, but I also have to motivate them. I also have to, at times, uh, inspire them to, to meet a, a deadline where we know it's, it is virtually impossible for us to get this particular unit and this order completed by this date. But we must. And that they go about interacting with their people uh, that are doing hands-on in the field uh, or in the shop, and they're successful in getting that work done. Do they understand what, what being a leader means in terms of their day-to-day? I believe they do, and certainly in our on our team, you know, we talk about that often. And and you know, leadership you lead by example. You know, as we mentioned previously, it's like if you're if the time you got to put in the time, you put in the time. I wouldn't expect anybody in the operation in any capacity who's leading to think that you know someone's going to work overtime and double time and they're not doing the same thing. You know, if that's what's required, that's what you do to set an example and 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 lead. You know, and that's part of it is is putting in that putting in that extra effort when it's necessary and that's not all the time you know that's we find that's the exception if you plan properly that that uh you don't need to do that but uh, of course when it's time then that's that's what's expected of a leader and i think and you know, i can only speak for our operation but we we talk about it often and we focus on that and and you know, leading by example yeah yeah and again i, I know that you have uh, i don't know in in specific terms how how much let's let's call it that you study uh, about leadership, but I guess it's, it, you you probably are um, much better informed than a lot of people in, in the same position as you have. Uh, I I get a sense of that just from our limited interactions. Uh, and again, I in, in my introduction, uh, again it was I think I, I think I was fairly accurate when I when I related the idea that you and I met formally for the first time uh, at FIF. Um, uh, but you've you've and again, you'll, you'll probably recall because this isn't a recording. It's on my website where 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 Tim Stricker, our, our good mutual friend, I, is a, a man I respect in a very significant way over many others. Uh, he's a really good guy. Um, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily initially that pleased, frankly, with the way he introduced me at FIF. And you may recall that that among his words, well, everybody knows Dennis Duran. So, so I wasn't, I wasn't at the moment when he said it, I wasn't sure if it, that was just his frustration because he misread the previous sentence or if he was trying to say something nice. And to this day, he won't admit whether or not he was be, trying to be nice. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's important to, to remember things like first impressions uh, and then how, so, so how people see us. Uh, and for you as a leader, again, you, I don't know what the average tenure of your employees is, uh, but my guess is you probably have employees who have been working for your company for a very long time, uh, some of whom are approaching that point in time where they go and somebody else has to come. 
Uh, and, and we'll talk about that whole issue in terms of how it's affecting you and the industry. Uh, but this whole notion of, 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 of remembering moment to moment, and it's something that you pass down to, your, to the folks that are more close to the, the, the folks' boots on the ground in the factory and in the field, that is uh, this idea that in, in my leadership role, I had to remember people are always watching me. Uh, they're watching what I do. They're listening to what I say. Uh, and if everything, if everything is reconciles moment to moment, phrase to phrase, action to action, um, things are good. If they don't, that's when we start to plant a seed of, of, of trust not being present in, in these relationships. And, and then all bets are off in terms of what things can happen. How do you, what are your thoughts around that? Well, you know, one of those old adages, you know, actions speak louder than words. I was always taught that as a kid. You know, that's my dad was always drilling that in us. You know, you can talk, but you got to walk. <laughs> so, so walk the walk. That's that's how I was brought up and how I was raised. And I believe in that. It's like your actions speak loudly and let them let them do the right thing. And people will see that. And and again, you know, put in the work and show them that you're you're willing to do you know what you're asking other people's to other people to do that's uh that's essential so you know our operation i i think it's really exciting for me one of the things that i love and you mentioned you know people are starting to retire but what we see in in, in our business since since we've started this many many people have been with me you know the whole time you know 20 something years and you know i take great pride in that and something else i take a lot of pride in is that we have second generations you know in our operation so we have we have there's one perfect example i can give there's a gentleman who uh is out in our uh, manufacturing who runs uh part of the you know punching milling sections of the of the factory out there great guy and his son actually interned with us through college and got his mechanical engineering degree and now works in our engineering department. And this gentleman's daughter <laughs> during college worked as a secretary, you know, in our operation, answering the phone and as an assistant. So when I see things like that, and we have many of those in particular, this, this tends to be, you know, for the most part, it's, it's a, a construction is a, is a male industry, right? So mm -hmm. most of these, we're seeing more and more young women come into the operation, but we don't have many older women who are in our operation or in the trades. We're seeing their sons coming into the operation. And that is, I get a big thrill out of that because that yeah. I feel like they're entrusting me with their kid and, and I will do everything in my power to make sure that this operation is successful so that their kids and their families can have a great life, just like their their fathers and their, you know, ahead of them. So I take a lot of pride in that. And that's something that I'm very proud of. As you should be. Let's talk about uh, the, uh, the state of our industry in a couple of different ways for a few moments. First, let's talk about this whole, and, and again, these are things that are, every day there's, I read another article, I, I have another conversation. I'm sure you, you find yourself doing the same thing. Um, one, of the, one of the areas that we're talking about a lot uh, and have been for I would say actively for I'm not I'm, I'm not going to give our industry credit for much more than the last three or four years that we've been talking about things that fall under the category of of wellness. Uh, and I'm speaking specifically about uh, about mental health, about addiction, about suicide, yeah. the opioid crisis and all those things. Um, how are we doing uh, as an industry now to, to, to be able to affect all of those horrible realities that exist in our industry? How are we doing? Well, I think it's important to put it in perspective, too, because, you know, when I, as a kid, 40 years ago, 
50 years ago. You know, we, we did in our, our been around. <laughs> well, I'm going to pause on that. Was it 40 or 50? I mean, that's, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was, I was pushing a broom when I was seven or eight. So it goes, there you go. It goes, there you go. It could there be 50. Go. So, so <laughs> right, let's let's get back to our serious yeah. conversation. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself, Chris. No yeah. problem. But but yeah, with with regard to you know, uh, you know, mental uh, uh, issues and drugs and these things, I don't know that they were as it was different in in the olden days. And I think now you mentioned you know, these last three four years. I think we're we're certainly aware of this and we're focusing on that. And I, I see dramatic improvement. You know, you, you got to be aware before you can improve. So we've become a lot more aware of this. And I, I see us improving, you know, as we need to. There's certainly a long way to go because I just think the world is different with the Internet and with all of the different pressures that we have. It's, it's a different world than it was 40, 50 years ago that I was mentioning. Oh, this is it is important to have these discussions and and have opportunity to help people who need help because people, you know, working people are the best people. Anybody that's, you know, people that are working and, and they have some issues going on, anything you can do to help them to, you know, to honestly, to love them mm-hmm. and allow them to get better. That's something we need to take seriously and we need to engage in that. That is, and, and, and the awareness is there. It's, it's exponentially better than it's ever been. And if we make the same strides that we've made in this last five years, in the next five years, I think we'll be in a very good place. So, you know, having this discussion and talking about it's important. Good. I think your optimism is important uh, as a leader. Uh, so, I, so I, I think that's terrific. The other thing we've been talking about, we're talking about uh, for a good a, a number of years, but again, also not not long. Again, one of the things about our industry, which we both know, we've been in, both been in this industry for a long time, is a change is is uh, is glacially slow. Although actually now that the Earth is heating up, the glaciers are starting to melt faster. But but the point is still there. We don't change uh, rapidly. We don't change how we do things. We don't you know, change and incorporate new techniques, new technologies rapidly. Um, you know we. we we do it at the construction industry pace. Uh, so as it, as it relates to uh, the generations that are represented in our workforce, um, the millennials uh, you know, are in the senior leadership roles in a lot of organizations. Some of them are, the, are now owners of their own companies. Uh, so they're sitting in, in the seat like the seat you're sitting in. The boomers uh, are, you know, are still sitting in seats, but they're figuring out you know, who's going to get their chair after they leave. Uh, whatever whatever role they play, uh, and we have the other younger generations, including now. I think that the newest generation, I think, is called the Alpha Generation, is my my recollection. And those are the ones that are just starting, like summer part time jobs, kind of thing. Um, how does it generate? How's the shifting demographics and gen- just in generations? You touched on the women thing. We'll come back to that for a second in a little bit. But just the generational. Uh, transitions and migrations. How is that? How are you feeling that in your business if you are right now? No doubt. This is part of what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation. There's different cultures for different age groups and trying to get them to sync is essential to have an efficient you know, uh, operation and for things to work smoothly. So we're very cognizant of it. We have this conversation a lot, you know, in the, you know, the the work from home thing, and you know, from the engineers might be different than you know from the uh, the guys in the factory because, of course, they're there. So having you know, syncing these different 
philosophies and thoughts and age groups is uh, is definitely a challenge, and you need to be aware of it. And, and it's, I believe, you know, I'm a big believer in in communicating and being together. And you know, I, you know, we're certainly doing this face to face. I think this helps a lot. You know, having this ability to to look at somebody in the eye and have conversations and be in the same room. I'm I'm a big believer in it. So I I think the more you do that, the more you uh, find commonalities and, you know, can get to, get to the ultimate goal, which is, you know, getting things, you know, getting projects done and getting projects yeah. built on time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you, you talked about, you know, we are, it's the industry has been slow, but we try to move, we try to move a little quickly. We try to, you know, we're cert, we're always looking for technology and things to, you know, improve the, improve ourselves and our operation. And, and certainly the younger demographics are a lot more cognizant of the tools that are required to do that. So we're always, you know, bringing them to the table where, you know, they may not be leaders, but they understand things that the leaders may not understand and getting them at the table to, to, you know, give uh, guidance is, is essential. And I think when that empowers them, which, you know, again, helps, helps bring the groups together. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. And you know, as you well understand what, in, in part what you described in talking about a younger generation, uh, bringing their almost natural inclinations to, uh, to utilize technology-based tools in, in performing their work, even at the most basic ma- uh, time management, records management, et cetera, level, that they also then position themselves to be able to fill a road which, role which is understood uh, but also, again, uh, just in the last few years, I think more actively being implemented at the contractor's level, and that is this notion of mentoring people, uh, because with their technology savvy, uh, you know, you, you and I have our smartphones, uh, and that's the good news. The bad news is the phone is much smarter than we are. Um, but uh, but but the younger generations to them they can you know they can use more than one more than one finger uh, and they move very quickly through it and they can get the, a beneficial use accomplished with it very well um, so they become potentially the opportunity to mentor someone that's like the CEO of the company or the head of exactly. operations or what have you um, exactly. and so so I think that what you describe is without without putting that label on it uh, and not a perfunctory label it's an important one uh, but but without putting that on there it sounds like that's kind of part of your culture uh, indeed is, yeah that's putting your ego in check too right because I'm not <laughs> I'm okay to ask a young guy hey how do I do this function or how you know walk me through this because you know I'm I'm old and I'm kind of a luddite so can you walk yeah. me through the process and and you know, that I think is that goes back to again a culture of humility too you know that's yes. if you don't know something then ask and and yes. and be willing to learn you know that yes. is I think that's part of life right yes. it just that's part of yeah. the fun yeah, and what you're touching on there, and in, in those thoughts, is uh, is the role that understanding uh, yourself uh, and how important that is. I, I talk about self awareness. Uh, you know, I, I deliver. In fact, the last three weeks, I've been at two different locations at a major general contractor. Uh, most recently in Louisville at the Ford Battery Plant project, a huge mega project. Mm. Uh, and the general contractor asked me to come in and deliver a workshop, a soft skills workshop. Uh, it's, and gonna, as you know, I, I'm the soft skills guy. We, we haven't talked about the book yet. We should probably spend the last three minutes just talking about the book, but we're not going to do that. We're certainly not going to do that. Um, but my workshop focused and utilized. And What's assessed- the name of the book? <laughs> 
you know, that, that was not, that was not necessary. <laughs> that, that was, Tim Stricker will listen to this interview and he'll be so pleased to hear you say that because we're not going to, we're not edit, uh, Juan, we're not editing that out. Leave it in. I want, I want people to know what Chris Bagatelle has just said to me. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the workshop uh, utilized an assessment instrument uh, and, I, and I work with a, a couple of them pretty, pretty heavily. In fact, we use one in, in the project management program that I've delivered for the last 10 years for, uh, for LMCI. Uh, and that is the, it's, it's something called a DISC behavioral assessment. Uh, and so I had 60 of their superintendents and foremen in the room, they completed this assessment online prior to the workshop, and we processed that workshop to help them understand something about differences uh, between them based on their personality, as as described in this assessment. But, we, but more importantly, we also talked about emotional intelligence and what their comfortable mindsets are, the way they handle situations, because that's what it's all about. If you're you're if, particularly if in a lead role, a managing role, you're handling situations all the time, every day. And it was quite an aha moment for a number of them. But the whole idea is that, and Richard Branson, CEO of Virgin Airways, among other things, that was an article about some of his beliefs in Inc. just yesterday. And the theme of the article basically was that EQ, emotional intelligence, significantly outweighs the importance of IQ. And research supports that. A lot of people's experience support that. You kind of alluded to it in a proper way, a correct way, an excellent way, actually, a good instructive way, when you talked about the notion of A, of humility, but also the leader, a great leader, knows and believes that they don't have to know everything. They don't have to have the answer. They don't have to set the tone moment to moment. Other people can be the smartest people in a room. And that all is rooted in the idea of how you view yourself in your role as a leader. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a simple person. And I realize in our operation that I don't know, I can't do a third of the things that are happening around here. <laughs> and I understand that. And I understand that everybody has, you know, we're all have our God given gifts, right? And it's great to see people take whatever that gift is and roll with it and excel with that gift. And that's important to do in a collaborative way because it just builds a great environment for a work environment. That's what we're talking about, a work environment here. So yeah. to me, you know, understanding and realize, yeah, I understand that. And it's an important, I believe, humility, like we mentioned, you know, for a leader is important, you know, understand what you don't know and empower people who have those skills and let them roll with it and give them responsibilities. That's an exciting thing in our industry. And again, you know, to the young people too, bringing them up, give them responsibility for some of those technical tasks. You know, they might not have the wisdom of how things are erected in the most efficient way to do it and how things come together, but they know how to, you know, shoot the lasers and do the trembles and jump on the layouts, you know, exponentially quicker than an older guy. So let's empower them to do that, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, what you're describing there in a, just a terrific way is really in a very full sense, you know, why inclusion is so important as an aspect of the culture of organizations, because there are a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different everything. And to include all the possibilities in terms of people's backgrounds, their abilities, et cetera, can produce a dynamic environment that could then become a great business. And you, I would say, based on some of the things that I've learned about you, some of the things you've said, I think that your company is an excellent example where things like like inclusion, like love, you mentioned, you used the word love, and you may recall the question I put to the entire panel. And I do have to say, as I recall, that you were very comfortable answering that question. At least it seemed that way to me. Yeah. 
not necessarily all of our panel members were, although their answers were all excellent. I look back on that 90-minute session, and I think there were many great ideas, thoughts, and uh, feelings shared by that group of folks up on the stage with that audience, and you were an important part of that. Guess what? We're done. We're done. <laughs> all good things must end. <laughs> well, that's right, or end for now with an invitation to return Maybe after the next FIF and come back Fair and talk enough. again, or maybe Fair even enough. sooner. I'd love to do it. I really appreciate your time. And again, uh, we know each other much better now than we did before I called you to have a prep call about FIF. Again, although you can correct me if you want. I'm sure we've been at events together. Of course. Yeah. But indeed. I don't recall us ever having a conversation. I do know that I was in an appropriate framework in trustee meetings, you know, talked about, and you were part of those conversations, but it was great to f- first connect with you for that phone call, to have you in that discussion, and now to be able to spend this time with you hearing more of your wisdom and your thoughts and perspectives on leadership, on people, etc. Thanks very much yeah. for coming. I appreciate what you're doing and growing this relationship has been fun and we'll keep talking. Good. Take care, my friend. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.